What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. This is the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be going into the mailbag, but before we do that, we're going to be playing an interview from Casey Johnson on Unfiltered, kind of giving a little bit more detail on that article that really sent a lot of Bulls fans spiraling, worrying about what's going to happen with Zach Levine's contract. We'll do all that, plus the mailbag, right after our intro. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, Casey Johnson was on Unfiltered where he added some clarification to the, the comments from his column that really did send a lot of uh, Bulls Nation <laughs> worrying about what's going on with Zach Levine. Now, for many of you, after playing this clip, you're going to still hold on to your feelings because the one thing that I'm noticing with Bulls Nation, a lot of you guys have preconceived notions about what needs to happen with Zach Levine's contract. And no matter what said, you're going to turn it into into supporting whatever your preconceived idea is, whether you think that, oh, the Bulls really don't want to pay him the max. That's what it is. Oh, Zach Levine, really, he's tired of playing with, with DeMar DeRozan. I'm going to tell you guys one thing. Anybody who thinks, and this is going to be another harsh, this is almost a Petty Roosevelt statement, but anybody who thinks that, that Zach Levine seriously is considering leaving the Chicago Bulls because he doesn't want to play second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm just going to state that right there. Zach Levine had less than one and a half shots, less than two shots less than uh, DeMar DeRozan per game. Listen, there's no issue. The Zach Levine tried to do it by himself. He knew how hard it was with the with the uh, team that he had around him. Do you really think anybody who really thinks like I'm going to say this right now? Anybody who seriously thinks that there's issues with Demar Derozan and Zach Levine, you're a gossiping ass man and you're fucking sorry. That's what I'm going to say. And I don't give a damn how you feel about it. But let's go ahead and get into this clip from Casey Johnson. You, uh, I would say that uh, the perception around the league and look, Zach started this himself, as we all know, with his exit interview with us in, in late April, where he said he's going to go into unrestricted free agency with eyes wide open and take his time making a decision. So um, you can say it's a negotiating ploy and certainly there's that element to it. But the perception around the league and what you hear from teams and the people that I've talked to executives from other teams is that you know, the perception is that he's mildly gettable now. I, I mean, I think the safe money, as I say, close my column with, is still that he's going to be back with the Bulls. But there's certainly uh, a growing sentiment that, you know, he's going to he's going to go into this situation with eyes wide open and consider other teams. And you're going to see more rumors than have already been out there. You've already heard teams like the Lakers, the Trailblazers. I threw out the Mavericks and the Hawks in my column today. So um, there's quite a bit of speculation about his future out here in, on the combine. All right. So Casey Johnson really adding in a lot of color to his column, saying that, you know, and, and basically was what some of you guys said, and I can't remember exactly who said it. I want to give them their credit, but, um, you know, saying that, hey, Casey Johnson is a writer. It's offseason. They have to write about, and I'm not saying that Casey Johnson didn't hear that. I'm not saying that Casey Johnson didn't, um, <clears throat> didn't or, or made up or embellish anything. I'm sure that that's what he had. But like the the color that he added to it, at least in this interview, was just saying that these are conversations that are happening around the draft combine specifically. Now he did say that you know that's 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 the framework of this, and that's missing in some people, even in my own um video for yesterday, is that I miss speaking on that part of the framework of the column. Is that he is saying that these are conversations that are being had around the draft combine not coming from Zach's people not coming necessarily from the Chicago Bulls 
just saying that these are conversations that are happening around that combine. This is what other other people are talking about. Um, and that makes sense, right? It does make sense that Zach Levine is, is one of the biggest free agents, if not the, the biggest free agent, in this offseason. So it makes sense that those conversations are happening. It also makes sense, per Zach Levine's um, comments before, that you know, he is going to listen to offers to other team. And, you know, some people may take that as being disloyal. Some people may take that as, hey, Zach should just take this deal, the max deal from the Chicago Bulls. Why are you taking other meetings? But at the end of the day, this is one of the biggest business decisions that Zach Levine is going to make. This deal, potentially, if he signs the full uh, max contract for the full length that he can, it's going to take him all the way through the 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 exiting his prime. Now, he can he's still going to be a, a hopefully a solid basketball player after that. But it's it, this is one of the biggest this biggest situations. Really, the only time that Zach's really owned his own destiny uh, in his NBA career, he didn't control who he was drafted by. He didn't control being traded to the Chicago Bulls. Even in that restricted free agency, uh, yes, he went out and went to go find his own deal, which he signed an offer sheet from the Sacramento Kings. But that was the Bulls doing basketball business. That was them avoiding nickel and diming Zach Levine and really getting into a, a war over the numbers of the contract and basically said, look, Zach, whatever deal you can go out and find that you that you feel comfortable with, we're going to max that. I mean, we're going to match that. And what that did is that avoided Zach Levine in his contract, the current contract that's just that he's exiting now, it had injuries provisions in it. He didn't. The Bulls did not have to worry about having that conversation with with Zach Levine's agent and Zach Levine himself and getting into the nitty gritty of that because the Sacramento Kings wrote that injury those injury provisions into his contract. So when it's all said and done, this is basketball business in many different ways. And you know, it, it, it even Casey Johnson saying in that in that clip in that interview that he still believes that Zach Levine is going to be coming back to the Chicago Bulls, and a lot of people miss that in sensationalizing. Um, that article. And so when it really boils down to when it all comes down to it and everything's ending, Casey Johnson still believes that he's one of the most tagged in people. And just like the people who, hey, Casey Johnson's one of the most, yeah, you got to listen. He says Zach Levine's leaving. Now that he added some color to that, what do you guys feel about it? Does that change your outlook on it at all? I will say that him going into a little bit more detail on it did kind of a little bit change my outlook on it because, you know, just reading A, the tweet first off, and then, you know, what I could from the column, it did make it seem like, hey, Zach, it's it's not looking good. Where as now he added some more to it, it makes it seem much more, you know, reasonable and a much more common thing when a player is entering unrestricted free agency for the first time and maybe one of the last times meaningful-wise as far as getting this amount of money for their career. But I want to hear from you guys down below. What do you think is going to happen with Zach Levine? And this is going to be something, like I said, I've said it before. This is going to be the summer of Zach Levine trade ideas. We're at the beginning of it. Free agency doesn't start till August, right? Players aren't actually able to sign until August, which I guess some people can't because Covington already signed his deal. But the start of free agency, it opens in August. We still have a long time until then. We still have a draft to go through, which next week we start our draft uh, coverage. I can't wait to start talking about those draft prospects. Mark Williams is going to be the first prospect that I talk about per your guys' vote in the community tab. But enough of that. Let's go ahead and now let's get into the mailbag, which this first one is from Shay. And he has an interesting uh, suggestion for who the Bulls should go after in free agency. Hey, hey, what's up? This is Shay. You know, with Alex Caruso and Ayo DeSumo being our backup backcourt, I was thinking, you know, Rudy Gay is a free agent after, I mean, this summer. And I was thinking, maybe we should look to sign him. Think about it. Him and DeMar DeRozan talk a lot throughout, throughout this free agency. 
And uh, Rudy Gay is known for being a great scorer off the bench from his time in San Antonio. And if you think about it, the Utah Jazz didn't really use him. So what I'm thinking is if you want to go get a backup small forward, there you are right there. And, hey, maybe in the draft, if Mark Williams falls us, that could help solve our backup center position. Or we could solve our backup power forward position. But as for the backup small forward position, I think we should focus on getting a guy like Rudy Gay because he is instant offense off the bench. He can catch and shoot. I mean, he also can catch and shoot. I feel like he does a lot of things that Kobe White doesn't do, like in terms of defense. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Okay, so Shea here mentions Rudy Gay. And here's what I'll say about this. Initially, when I heard that from Shea, as with many things from Shea, is I thought, huh, I don't know if I like that, right? And not that's not even a shot at Shea. Shea, Shea listen, Shea's one of my biggest supporters here. He's been that almost since this, this channel started. So that's not a shot at all. But Shea has some wild takes. That, and Shea will tell you that. Shea has some wild takes. And one of the things that I do appreciate about Shea is that Shea just gives it raw in what's in his mind. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily try to try to uh, break it down or or, or or hold anything back. If it's in his mind, he's gonna give it to you. And Shay mentions Rudy Gay. And here's what I'll say: Rudy Gay wouldn't necessarily, in any stretch of the imagination, be my a priority for me in free agency. So it wouldn't be somebody that I would say, "Hey, let's go after and get in. Uh, let's make sure that he's somebody we we sign day one. We have bigger we have bigger fish to fry." Uh, first and, and getting a big man that maybe could be done in the draft. But what I will say is looking at looking at um, Rudy Gay's stats, right? Looking at what he was able to provide the Utah Jazz last year um, and the Sacramento, uh, the San, Sacramento, the San Antonio Spurs before that, I will say this, as a bench player, you could do a lot worse. Consistently getting you double digit points. Now in Utah last year, he only got 8.1 points off the bench. He played in 55 games, started one game, uh, played 18 minutes per game for the uh, the Utah Jazz last season. Now, before that, he played 63 games for the San Antonio Spurs and averaged, averaged 11.4 points per game on 21.6 minutes per game. So he has not been a starter for pretty much the last three to four seasons of his career. So he is a bench player at this time, and getting him to accept a bench role would not be uh, hard at all. His career average of 34.9% from three-point range would definitely help some. He's a consistent three-point shooter. Now, not a volume three-point shooter, but he's consistently stayed around that 34 uh, mark pretty much in his career. He's had some 31 seasons, some, uh, yeah, dip, dipped under, under uh, he's never dipped under 31% from three. So because that, looking at that, I can definitely see, especially if we're talking about replacing, like because Derrick Jones Jr., I think, is all but gone. If you talk about replacing a Derrick Jones Jr., if you talk about replacing a Matt Thomas with a Rudy Gay, I definitely think that's that's a feasible thing. I also don't think that Rudy Gay is going to command a sizable contract. He is somebody that you can probably get to come in on the veteran minimum. Um, so with that being said, I, Shay, I don't think that it's a terrible idea. But I will say this, that the Bulls have so much to address before then. Zach Levine, big man coming off the bench, uh, maybe more actual scoring off the bench because Rudy Gay, while he can get you probably double-digit points off the bench, He's not really that. Now, again, the scoring could be addressed by Io DeSumo scoring, growing, and we know that he was a scorer in college, things like that, bringing in more consistent scoring. But I'll say this, as a, as just looking at it, I don't hate Rudy Gay possibly being a Chicago Bull next year. I kind of think of it much like I do the Thibault thing. It's that it, by the time we get to that, now Thibault was just named, by the way, to I think all-team 
the, the, the second defensive team. Um, so shout out to him on that. That kind of made it a little bit more. Hey, I wouldn't mind bringing him in. But Rudy Gay wouldn't mind as an end-of-the-bench player. It's just I don't think he would be a priority for me um, in free agency. Like, again, it'd be somebody that, you know, after you've kind of settled all your major points that you need to fix with the bench, all right, Rudy Gay is a veteran we're bringing on the end of the bench, can bring something. He's done some things in his career. So, again, not a terrible suggestion from Shea at all. Let's get into the next voicemail, the last voicemail for today. This one is from Jamal. Yo, what's up, hey? This is your boy Jamal back again with another uh, voicemail for you. Um, I can't remember your thoughts about this person. I know that I think they've asked a question before uh, to you in the comment section or in the chat, but I can't remember what you said. But what would you think if, and this is big if, if the Orlando Magic does allow Mobamba to walk and, you know, and things like that, what would you say about getting him? as a backup big for Boots. Um, now, I know one of the issues you would probably have would be his youth um, because he's so young and everything. And I know you said that we'd probably go for a more veteran big man to back up Boots. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking he might not be a bad pickup for the Bulls. He's a legitimate seven foot. He can be solid at rebounding and, and things like that. He's very good at, um, you know, solid at blocking shots and stuff like that. Um, but I think the thing that would help him why he being such a good fit is, and again, this is only from one season, but he shot 38% from three last season. You know, and that was on four attempts a game, and he played like 71 games out the season. So, I don't know. I think that would be a good pickup now. Again, it's a big if if Orlando lets him walk, and then it's an even bigger if, depending on how much he's going to want in the market. Um, so, of course, I'm not saying that we should uh, break the bank to get him and things like that. But, I wouldn't be shocked or mad if the Bulls took a chance at signing him or getting him to come pay back backup big man to Booch. Because I think even if you do decide to pay them both out there, there can still be enough floor spacing um, that it doesn't disrupt the offensive part of the tank too much. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Let me know what you think, of course. And as always, see where it go, Bulls. All right, Jamal with. Another suggestion for the Bulls in free agency, and this one is Mo Bamba. Now, Mo Bamba, 24 years old. You guys know I've been very vocal in saying that I think the Bulls are going to go after more players that, not even necessarily veterans, but players that you know are what's going to get, what they're going to give you night in and night out. More consistent players. Now, I will say this for Mo Bamba. Averages last year of 10.6 points per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, and a PER of 16.5. Mo Bamba also with a defensive rating of 108.2 which is a very solid defensive rating. Now, the thing that the things that concern me with Mo Bamba potentially are, is he, is he going to accept a bench role? Because that's what it's going to be if he comes to the Chicago Bulls. He started 71, I'm sorry, 69 out of 71 games for the uh Orlando Magic last year. Now he over the course of his career with the Orlando Magic, he's that was the most that he's ever started. Before then, he started five, it started a total of six games in three seasons for the Orlando Magic while playing in a nice amount of games over the course of those seasons. So it really boils down to if he's going to accept a bench role, he may just have to at this point. If the Orlando Magic do cut him, would he accept a bench role? Now, much like I said with the Rudy Gay, Gay thing, is that I think that if, if the Bulls draft a young big, right, meaning the Mark Williams like I want them to go after, EJ Liddell, things like that, we'll see. I don't think then that they go after a Mo Bamba, another young player. I think they go after a, a, a veteran. If the Bulls, for some reason, go at, get a different position 
in in the draft, or if they don't keep that draft pick, I think that the chances of bringing in a, a young younger player like Mo Bamba is more likely. Now, Mo Bamba, I do I do want to say this: in twenty five minutes per game this season, he averages ten point six uh, points, eight point uh, one rebounds, almost two blocks per game, which is huge with the team that needs some rim protection, and also a half is still a game. Now, the thing that's key here that I'm I'm going to go to the twenty. 20 season, 21 season, because he did not start that season. So in averaging 15.8 minutes per game, which would be probably more likely in the minutes that he would get on the Chicago's Bulls team, which is kind of what Tony Bradley did, right? Tony Bradley got around those minutes and he just didn't have the same production. But let's go over what Mo Bamba gives you in, in a bench row. So in, in the 15.8 minutes per game, he got eight uh, points per game, uh, still 1.3 blocks per game, which is huge. 5.8 rebounds per game. Uh, he had a free throw percentage of 68%, which is not good at all, but a three-point percentage of 32.2%, and an overall field goal percentage of 47.2%. So, again, not great numbers, but solid numbers. And that's also not taken into consideration that he may have developed some and he may be able to even in those same amount of minutes. And I think that if Mo Bamba did come to the Chicago Bulls and he was our bench big, he would probably get between 16 and 18 minutes per game. So you look at that to be able to extend some I will say this is that it really just depends on what the Bulls do with the draft. Once the draft happens, and this is why I am focusing on drafts prospects first, not only just because the draft it happens first, but I, I think once we see what the Bulls do in the draft, whether they trade the draft pick, whether they keep the draft pick, who they do draft if they keep that pick, it's really going to inform us of what the other options for the Bulls and free agency are. But I will say this, Mobamba isn't a terrible choice at all. Now, some people have said Mobamba possibly replacing Vooch or Patrick Williams in the starting lineup. That I don't agree with at all, but you guys may disagree with me. Let me know down in the comments below. But bringing in Mo Bamba as a potential bench piece, I actually like that for the Chicago Bulls. I actually, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, so let me know what you guys think about that down below. If you think that Mo Bamba could be a piece that the Bulls go after in free agency, do you think that they look at him as a bench? Do they put a bench player? Do you think that they look at him as a starter? I want to hear from all you guys who are watching on YouTube and the podcast listeners too. I don't want to forget the podcast listeners. Podcast listeners, make sure you tune and, and check in with us as well. You can do so with the email, but that is it for Chicago Bulls Central on this Saturday episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail like you heard on today's show, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. I love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.